Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson, the Armchair Survivalist, and this is my show. Today is March the 21st in the year 2021. If you go to armchairsurvivalist.com, any of the pages there, armchairsurvivalist.com, scroll down at the bottom and you'll see ways to listen. I'm on every podcast venue there is, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Anchor FM, all kinds of places. Do you remember, I talked about a digital wallet, what the world elitists are looking to create is a digital wallet. I even talked about how the Department of Homeland Security have put out a challenge to uh, everyone to create a digital wallet. Now, what is a digital wallet? It's going to be, theoretically, it's going to be a credit card. What this credit card is going to have access to is not just your savings account, but your checking account, your mortgage. It's going to have access to any cryptocurrency you have, any investments you have. In other words, it's going to have your complete worth on this card, and they're going to have access to it. And you can use this card to buy things. And if you don't have enough money in your bank account, well, it'll take it off of one of your other accounts. It's just how it's going to work. It's so that you have complete control of every facet of your economic life. That's what they say. In reality, it's so the government has complete control of your economic life. Don't ever think that the government won't shut you down. I've said this a thousand times, and so have all kinds of other radio hosts, TV hosts, writers. The government can shut you down. The government can stop your credit cards right now. I've already gone through this. The government locks down bank accounts, locks down credit cards, locks down everything that you can use to survive if you piss them off. And like I said, they've already done that with me. Well, I got a briefing from uh, Department of Homeland Security where so I get these briefings all day long. They, they pop up with stuff. You don't hear about this. It's not that it's secret. It's just that people don't want to waste their time finding out what the hell is going on. So this, re- this news release says grand prize winner announced in digital wallets challenge. So the Department of Homeland Security announced the grand prize winner of the Digital Wallets Challenge. The prize challenge sought a design for an easy-to-use trusted user interface for digital wallets that improves the overall user experience for the management of digital wallet-based credentials. Credentials. They could install it on your cell phone. It could be an app. Or, for people like me who don't use smartphones, it would be a card. And that card would access anything I wanted to access. So the prize winner is Dignari, a woman-owned, see, woman-owned, small business from Alexandria, Virginia. This is the not this is the beginning. I talked about this last year about the digital wallets. You've heard the elitists talk about how they uh, they want digital IDs. All of this is going to be putting together. It will be in existence within the next year. Years ago, people like me said, there's going to be a universal idea, and we were called conspiracy theorists and crazy and kooks and morons and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Now all of you in the United States have a digital, have a, uh, an ID, an international ID. They call it the star ID. And this is universal identification. You go in to get your driver's license now, you have to prove who you are again. 
You could have born, been born and lived in the same city for 50 years and had a driver's license since you were 16. And now if you go in to renew your driver's license, you've got to take in a bill, a utility bill. You've got to take in a certified copy of your driver's license. You've got to take in, you got to take in all kinds of information unless you have a passport or a visa. And then that's, that will suffice as this. But yeah, so it's already happened. Even though, even though the politicians lied five years ago and said, oh, no, no, we're never going to have a universal ID in the United States. That's communism. Well, guess what? We're so damn stupid, we just let it slip right through. And now we all have to have that ID with a little star, gold star in the upper right corner. Just like the Jews in Warsaw when the Nazis came in. Got to have that little gold star. All right, now let's get into uh, health department. Unfortunately, most of the health department stuff has to do with this genetic manipulation that they're trying to pass off as a vaccination. In Australia, they're really pushing it hard. You got to have, everybody's got to have the vax. Everybody's got to have the jab, they call it. They got to get the jab. So the Australian health minister got the jab. And then he was immediately hospitalized because of, uh, because of complications, shall we say. AstraZeneca has caused thousands of deaths worldwide. In fact, the vaccine has been suspended in about 100 different countries. You're not hearing this. You're hearing that it was suspended in about 19 countries. But no, it's about 100 different countries because people are dying. But AstraZeneca is coming out on TV in this country because, see, we're stupid enough to believe everything we see on TV. And they're saying, no, this is fine. This stuff, this, this, follow the science. Follow the science. This is, FDA said this stuff's good. FDA did not. FDA granted emergency use authorization to this crap. As a matter of fact, Italy... A teacher got one of the AstraZeneca shots and immediately died. They opened manslaughter charges against AstraZeneca. Now that's that's bad. This is bad. This is this is really screwing people up. It's the dying part, that's easy. You die, boom, you're done. But for every one person that dies, there's probably five hundred to a thousand that are uh medically damaged for the rest of their life. So you're having hundreds of thousands of people worldwide that things like uh, they lose eyesight in one or both eyes. They lose hearing. Now they can't walk. Uh, now they're, they're epileptic. Now they have swelling on the brain. This is not a vaccination. This is a genetic manipulation. That's what it is. You know, I keep ranting on how stupid we are in the United States. Well, how stupid can a people be when they are going to allow testing on babies and young children of these shots that are harming and killing people. And they're not even vaccinations. They're genetic manipulation. So Moderna has decided to start testing starting from pregnancy up to about six years. And uh, let's see how many of them live. Let's see how much, how many of those we see on TV of dying. How many women uh, have a miscarriage? We probably won't see any of them. Now, I was talking to my son a couple weeks back. And a few other people were talking about, uh, we had this, this the same thing years ago, not COVID-19, but polio. Polio was, was prevalent when I was a child. And they come out with a polio vaccine. And they started giving it to people. But when people started dying from it and becoming medically problematic, <laughs> everything from dying to no longer being able to walk at all. So they came out with some ideas. Why not put it on a sugar cube? And give it to everyone. 
And they did. And it was totally different application. Well, that's what they're going to be doing now. Because too many people are saying, the hell with you, we're not taking these, sh- these, these shots. They're not, even, they're not even approved by the FBI. They're only, I mean, the FDA, <laughs> or it could be the FBI. They're not even approved by the FDA. They're authorized by the FDA. EUA, Emergency Use Authorization. So they're going to come out with these needle-free COVID-19 vaccines that, on a sugar cube or on a patch, on a nasal spray. And, of course, we have the uh, insane megalomaniac Bill Gates come out and said, look, why don't I just uh, breed a couple billion mosquitoes with this vaccine in them and then let them bite everybody? Now, Dimwit has come out with the idea, you know what, let's give $1.5 billion for propaganda to brainwash people into taking these shots. This is, I've talked about this before about they were going to do it. And the Department of Homeland Security was testing different manner and different ways to do it. So, yeah, the dimwit in Shady Acres in Washington, D.C., of course, he didn't come up with this idea. and He has no ideas. He can barely sit there doing what he's told to do. They're going to come out and they're going to start heavy-duty campaigning. And they're, and they're targeting three groups now, okay? Because there's three groups that basically don't want this crap one is young people young people don't want to get a, don't want to get this shot people of color apparently they're smarter than most white people and conservatives so they're going to start heavy 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 propaganda and brainwashing to convince everyone that it's patriotic and and uh, necessary to have this shot and it's sinful, and oh, you, you, you follow. It's going to be the same crap that they've always pulled for thousands of years. They're going to try and convince the people that don't want to take it. And when enough of us finally say, yeah, we'll, we'll take it, there's still going to be people like me that say, no, I'm not, still not taking it. And then they're going to say, you know what? You can't go shopping unless you have a piece of paper that says that you've taken a shot. This isn't a joke. I have data. I worked with with the vaccination liberation movement. I have a CD. And someday, when I get the time, I'm going to break it down for you all. But this vaccination thing, this, this shots, these inoculations, has been around for hundreds of years. It has murdered millions and millions of people. But it is a great way to control the population. Well, let's see. We're still in the health department, right? Okay. Those of you with pets... Now, I learned this 20 years ago and stopped using them. Flea and tick collars. What is a flea and tick collar? It's a pesticide in plastic. That's all it is. It's pesticide in plastic. And depending on the level of the pesticide depends on how bad you contaminate your pet and what kind of problems you end up with your pet. Well, there is Soresto. It's developed by Bayer. And now it's sold by Elanco. It's one of the top-selling flea and tick collars in the United States. It has killed thousands and thousands of dogs. It has sickened way more. And almost a thousand humans have been uh, sickened, set in a hospital, just for simply handling this, this flea and tick collar. You, you don't need them. You, you really don't need those. There's organic things out there you can use. We What we did was we use some of our shampoo that we sell that we sell we sell hypoallergenic shampoo here five star shampoo and i took some of the tea tree oil put an ounce of it in the shampoo 
mix it up, and that's what we bathed our dog with. It kills fleas, kills ticks, and it keeps them off them for weeks and weeks and weeks. After a while, the fleas and ticks just give up. So that's the the government is asking this company to please recall these voluntarily, and the company says, no, there's nothing wrong with them. These are acceptable deaths. There's an acceptable amount of deaths. There's no big deal. So your dog dies, but that's acceptable to them. So it's irrelevant what kind of emotional trauma it causes you. Speaking of emotional trauma, and I will gonna I'm gonna get as much data on this as I can for one of these coming up shows because it's getting it's killing people. This is killing people. Smartphone. There are states that have made it illegal to have one in your vehicle. There are states and there's a reason. There are states that have made it illegal to use while you're driving, and there's a reason. And what's happening is the use... These people, it's not a phone. This is not a phone. This is a small computer that people use. A phone goes hello and goodbye. It's a communication device. This isn't. These smartphones are not. What most people do is they shove their head up the phone's port and keep it there all day long, and it stresses them out causes anxiety they have no control over their emotions they can't even tell what's real anymore they lost the ability to communicate communication is not writing something on a piece of paper and throwing it into the air that's not communicating but they think that i'll send a text to this guy that's a communication even if the guy doesn't get it well they claim that they communicated what is what this thing is causing is the greatest separation from reality that's ever happened in the history of Earth. People are walking off the edge of a cliff of a cliff, and dying. People are falling down a hill, walking directly into a car. They're, this is the walk. This is, <laughs> these are simply the people along the street that are walking, the pedestrians. Then you get into the driver's. There are many times when my wife and myself have saved our own lives by not moving because somebody just blew through a red light because they were they were busy chatting on their cell phone while they held it in front of their face. Or, this is the thing I love. Okay, so we're driving, coming on a freeway. I'm doing about 70, 75. This car just passes me, and I look at it as it passes me. He has a tablet attached to his steering wheel. They sell these clips now so you can attach it to the inside of your steering wheel and watch it while you're driving. And he had a movie on. He was watching a movie while he was doing about 90 miles an hour. And we're driving here in Coeur d'Alene. Government way. Speed limit, you know, about 35, 40. Truck in front of me keeps weaving into the turning lane and then weaving back and then back into the turning lane and back, back into the turning lane and back. When he comes to a red light, he stops about five car lengths back trying to figure out what the hell's going on. I get up alongside of him. He's looking at his phone. He's texting. He's stirring with his knees. This is just the start of it. It's going to get worse. There are, there are repercussions, not just from people dying, but from the destruction of relationships because one party or both have lost the ability to connect in an intelligent manner. Now they have no concept what communication is. Their whole life revolves around watching some stupid crap on Facebook, some funny little kitty, or some oddball stuff that somebody dreamed up. This, anyway, I, I, enough of my rant. So 
the Jerusalem Post has a stress and anxiety caused by smartphone use revealed a new study. And it's a new study. There's all kinds of studies out there. But people who do this, people who have problem in relationships and massive problems in life and they can't figure out how to handle things, is because they're not being taught how. All they're being taught is how to have a phone, how to look at that little computer in their hands. You know, you see this woman pushing her, her maybe a year old baby in the in the store, and the baby has his mother's cell phone, and it's about three inches from his face, watching something on it. And they justify this because now the baby's quiet. Yes, it's quiet because it's not, it's does not need to have any cognitive ability. It's just sucked into the picture. Enough of that, and then we go into the food section. Talking about pets, now there's another recall. It's not the same recall. It's a bigger one. It's the one I've talked about, geez, for the past month. There are thousands of dogs dying from salmonella and listeria. I have the links. You guys need to see these links if you're concerned about your animals. You go to the store, and you look at the dog food or the cat food bag, and it says, made in the USA. (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything because they get all their ingredients from, you guessed it, China. It's a New Jersey-based pet food manufacturer is expanding this recall. This recall is massive. It's massive. Bravo Packing Incorporated. Look at your food. If it is Bravo Packing, return it. It's There's a whole list of different, manu- uh, different companies, uh, different uh, food, the names of it. But you've got to be careful what you're giving your animals. It doesn't matter if it says made in America or assembled in America because these places are getting all of their ingredients from China and China is known, known for toxic, toxic ingredients. Now, here's something, and I've been the effect of this and I'm not even, uh, I'm not even sure how many of you have been. When feeling dehydrated, two out of three people take an aspirin. Like, what? What do you mean? If you're thirsty, you take an aspirin? No, that's not the thing. People get dehydrated. Let me tell you some of the symptoms. Headaches, muscle cramps, dizzy spells. So what happens when somebody gets a headache? Well, they take a pill. You get muscle cramps, take a pill. They take something to treat the symptom. (laughs) It's not the cause. It's the symptom. You're not getting enough water. I'll have the link. Again, if you care about it, go look at it and you'll understand uh, exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, now we're going to get under the category of the liberal psychosis. And that now that the communists are fully in charge of the world, it seems, the category liberal psychosis really has expanded. And you'll see what I'm talking about when I get to it here. Now, we're going to start off. The, uh, the Senate doesn't like the idea that there is a possibility that the Republicans can... can uh, cause any kind of confusion or hesitation to the passing of all of these communistic bills. This, uh, these anti-constitution, anti-white, anti-Christian laws that the communists want to pass, the one thing that they have in the Senate is something called a filibuster rule, where they can block for a certain period the passage of certain certain bills it's 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 old it's been used for for almost 100 years now well they don't like that idea the communists don't like it they're going to do everything they can to delete the filibuster rule as it sits right now because we actually have about a half a dozen communists in the republican party who vote with the rest of the communists well 
if we don't have the filibuster rule, it's a one one uh, party rule because uh, the communists have the House, communists have the Senate, communists. Uh, we think they're in the in the White House. We're not sure what the hell's going on with the White House, though. Anyway, so they're looking at uh, doing away with that. McConnell, uh, the minority leader in the in the uh, Senate, has said, "If you guys try to pull this stuff, I'm going to create a hundred car pileup in the Senate." So that's good. We need to have that. We need to lock everything up. The communists are are pushing hard to crush all dissent. This is. You know, you, you, some of you people think I'm just full of crap and I'm making this stuff up, but I'm not. This is exactly how communism takes over. We had this thing that occurred at the Capitol where it was a violent insurgents or they entered it violently. Here's the thing. The media is refusing to tell you. 99% of the people that did this were members of Antifa or BLM. But that doesn't make any difference because that was part of the feed that gave the communists in the United States the right to uh, do what they're doing. And they're investigating all of that, right? And they're, they're heavy into demagoguing Republicans, whites, Christians, conservatives. And I, I, uh, they don't know who I am in the government. So I'm considered an agent of the Department of Homeland Security, and I keep getting briefing. And I got one right here from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. This is important. This is, I'm going to read as much of this as I, uh, as I can here. This is important that you grasp this. This is called Domestic Violent Extremism Poses Heightened Threat in 2021. And this is directly from the office of the DNI, Director of National Intelligence. Now, he uses the abbreviation IC, that's Intelligence Community. All right. The IC assesses that domestic violent extremism or extremists, DVEs, who are motivated motivated by a range of ideologies and galvanized by recent political and societal events in the United States pose an elevated threat to the homeland in 2021. The IC assesses that lone offenders or small cells of DVEs adhering to a diverse set of violent extremist ideologies are more likely to carry out violent attacks. The IC assesses that racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists, MVEs, present the most lethal DVE threats. Okay, I'm not even going to go in further than that because what they're talking about in this is basically anyone that's white. They're talking about any, if you're white and you complain about anything that isn't white or isn't communistic, you're going to be a domestic violent extremist. This basically explains it. And here's the thing. I can't copy and paste this. All I could do was print it. It's, it's uh, the way they send these things out. They're, they're extremely secure. You can't cut and paste. You can't copy and paste. You can't save it. All I could do is print it. This is getting worse and worse and worse. The, the concept of overreach for these communists. Now, this is happening cities, counties, states, and federally. The communists are now fully in control. And they're getting away with anything they want. And then you have these power-hungry Republicans that are, that are uh, city, county, state, federal, that they, uh, they know which side of the, of the bread is buttered. So they're overreaching. They're starting to get on the boat at the same time as the rest of the communists are. We have 21 Republican attorney generals threatening to do a class action lawsuit against Biden because of his overreach. He has violated the Constitution 
a hundred times since he took office, if he is in office. See, I keep saying that because we're not sure, we're not even sure if he's alive. We have no clue what's going on with him. This is 60 days, uh, 70 days, 60, 61 days or something like that. He hasn't even taken questions. We'll get to that later. Do you remember me mentioning, I think it might have been last show, about Amazon's uh, Alexa, how it can... uh, monitor your heart rate and monitor motion, monitor all of this stuff that's happening around the area. There's Google has something called Google Nest, which is doing the same thing. It can actually tell how well you're sleeping. It can tell if you're having a heart attack. It can tell if there's if there's a, a, an assault occurring. These things that people buy because they, they think that it's going to help them in their life make things simple, they're double-edged swords. So now you've given... permission for law enforcement worldwide to have access to your bedroom or your front room or wherever you have any of these things hooked in. And, you know, your car has the same kind of stuff. Most of the modern cars have the little black boxes like the uh, airlines do, the airplanes do. Your car has a box in it if it's a newer one. By newer, I mean probably after 2010. I'm not sure. Maybe even 2000. But it it tells how much uh, uh, gas you've used, uh, how fast you're going, uh, how many right turns you've done, how many left turns you've done, uh, the barometric pressure, how how hard do you step on the brakes, everything that you can imagine. These little boxes are are connecting and, and collecting and connecting to the manufacturers like uh, Ford, Chevy, Toyota. Oh, a dozen different manufacturers. Their boxes connect to the manufacturers so they can turn off the car if there's a problem. Two years ago, I did a report on a Toyota pickup, a Tundra, that some guys stole. And they were making a run for it. Uh, the FBI was on their tail. And the FBI called Toyota and said, uh, can you turn that pickup off? And Toyota said, sure. Click. Engine died. So that's that's real. But the worst thing is the companies that that uh, manufacture these these uh, boxes, these black boxes that that are in your car, are selling the data. They're selling it to not just corporations for for ads, but they're selling it to the U.S. military. They're selling it to law enforcement. They're actually offering in real time law enforcement worldwide to know where a certain vehicle is. So if you want to know this vehicle that has an IP address of 276.101.14.1, pay us $1,000, and then boom, there it shows up on the the computer screen. So cars have your location. Interesting about that, though, because I have a friend that has a gizmo that plugs in a cigarette lighter that blocks, it puts up a waveform that blocks all GPS equipment. You see, these boxes also have GPS in them. Let's see. So the phony Pope decides to go to the Middle East and Kissy Bear Huggy Poo with the uh, Muslims. And he comes out and tells all Catholics that uh, you you need to uh, ignore all the, uh, the rape and murder and slicing of throats and killing of Christians by the Muslims because, well, we're all brothers. That just gave me a chill. When I read that, I'm like, this guy is, he is insane. No, he's probably Muslim. Now, you all know that Rush Limbaugh recently died. 
and we've been wondering what's going to happen. The information that came out, and this is not a joke, I'm not kidding you, there is a replacement that they're going to be putting in his time spot. Westwood One, the EIB network, is going to be putting this guy in. You just, you'll, you'll know who it is when you, when you listen to this. Uh, let's bring in Dan Bongino, Fox News contributor. So, Dan, what are the odds the president's going to say, I made a mistake? Uh, zero. <laughs> like, like that Robert Downey Jr. movie, less than zero. That was a movie, right? If I remember for all us 80s kids out there. There is, it's not going to happen. Of course it isn't going to happen because that would require guts. And I'm sorry, but Biden doesn't have guts. He doesn't have the guts to stand up to the insane now, radical left. He doesn't have the guts to do I mean, Listen, guys, the country's falling apart right now, okay? I'm really sorry, but we're in the middle of a catastrophic debt crisis. We've opened our southern border right now. Uh, We have an economy that's still struggling to get out of the doldrums from this pandemic. We have uh, Biden right as we are trying to get out of this collapse. I know this is immigration, but if you'll just allow me for a second, right as we're getting out of it, they have this genius idea, these dunces in Washington, D.C. Get a load of this one. We're going to give you guys stimulus checks for $1,400 and then simultaneously tax it all away and take it all back. These are the, how did we get 535 of the dumbest people in America to all get elected to office in D.C. at the Washington, at the, at, in Washington, D.C. at the same time? How did we do, who is the genius who's sitting in a boardroom in Washington, D.C. somewhere or up on Capitol Hill saying, and I've got a better idea as we're giving people money to tax it back. Let's just open the southern border in the middle of a pandemic because this is a spectacular idea for American prosperity. There is nothing better than this. And then someone, does anyone in that room, anyone say, folks, I have a question. I'm going to raise my hand. Not only are we in the middle of pandemic, but, you know, we have this whole national security thing we've been talking about where we should probably vet people coming into the country. And everybody's like, look at this idiot. National security, pandemic, borders. Who needs any of that crap? I mean, we're watching the collapse of the greatest country in the history of humankind. And again, 535 of the dumbest people humanity has ever offered up are all sitting in D.C. right now, lording over the entire process like it's like the Hobbit Lord of the Rings. How did we elect such morons? Is this hard? We have a border. Is there a country in the history of humankind that didn't have a border? You know what you have if you don't have a border? You have a landmass. You have a suggestion. You don't have a country. Just close the border and say, hey, you want to come in? There's the door. There's this thing called the process. Now, I don't know when Dan's going to go live, but he's going to be a replacement for Rush Limbaugh. Now, I told you the category liberal psychosis is uh, getting larger and larger. So now we have a subcategory called cancel culture. Uh, this is the communist uh, uh, action that they do in every country. They destroy everything that has to do with that, the founding of that country. They destroy the, founding, the, the history of that country. They destroy the morals and the beliefs in that country. And that's called the cancel culture. So right off the bat... Disney has decided to pull movies like Dumbo, The Aristocats, Peter Pan, because they're racists. 
They're racist. Disney has decided that these movies are racist and children should no longer be able to watch these movies because they're racist. Remember the cartoon character Pepe Le Pew? The poor, love-struck, with damn near anything that moves, skunk. Well, he's being canceled by Warner Brothers. That's that's uh, that's just to help us all because he's... He's, uh, what is he? I don't know what he is. I mean, he's a skunk that's uh, horny. But he's been canceled. And what the communists want to cancel is the pretty much world-famous 4th of July fireworks at Mount Rushmore. Governor uh, Nome there, Christy Nome, every year you have to ask permission because it's federal land to have fireworks there. And Dimwit said, no, no, no fireworks there. COVID, COVID. Uh, people might get covid by by standing around staring up and looking at the fireworks. So they're going to be canceled at Mount Rushmore unless she says, screw you, and does it anyway. I have no clue. No clue. There, let's see. There's a, there's a school in Manhattan. This is, a, this is an interesting school that only costs you a, a little bit under $60,000 a year to send your, your little children there. This is the Grace Church School in NoHo costs $57,000 a year and has a 12-page guide for staff, students, and parents on inclusive language. You're no longer allowed to use the word mom, mother, dad, father, or even parents. You can only use grown-ups, folks, family, or guardian. You're never allowed to use the words Merry Christmas and this is a, a, a pseudo church. It's called the Episcopal Church. This is this is one of these so-called Christian identity churches that are disgusting and sick and banned by all other churches. This is astounding. Yet when a a um, some students wanted to have a Young Americans for Liberty chapter in their school, they were banned from that. They can't do that. Because that's a racist organization. This is Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York. They said you can't do that. You can have a, a homosexual or organization. You can have a, a, sat- a satanic organization, but you can't have a Christian organization or Young Americans for Liberty organization. California, being the land of fruits and nuts, has it's going to pass. It's a bill that proposes removing cops who express religious or conservative beliefs. Because religious means Christian. This is when they talk, whenever a communist uses the word religious, they mean Christian. You can't be a Christian because the Bible is all hate speech. That's it. Simple as that. And you can't be a conservative because that's that's being part of a hate group. Okay, this is, you know, I, I, I say these things and in my mind, I, I say to myself, if somebody else was saying this to me, I think they were joking. I think they were kidding me. No, this is this is real. And it even gets worse than that. Remember the main category here is the liberal psychosis. Okay, this this is real. This is I'm not making this up. Columbia University is holding six separate graduations. Six of them. Their ceremonies are for Native Americans, separate one for Asians, separate one for Latinos. Separate one for blacks, separate one for first generation low income community, whatever the hell that is, and the sixth one is for the sexual perverts, or as they are 
allowing us to call them queers. You know, when I was a kid and some guy was a pervert, he was called a queer. And you know what I mean when I say pervert. I don't mean somebody that's like to look at girls in a, in a shower. I'm talking about these sexual perverts. Uh, the man wants to have sex with another man, a woman with a woman, a man with a horse, th- this kind of crap. It's all sexual perversion. Well, now we're la- we used to call them queers. And then it went from queer to homosexual. Then it went from homosexual to gay. And now because they're... There are 129 various sexual psychoses. They said, this call is queer. So they're actually having a separate graduation for the queers. There's this thing that's been happening for the past couple of weeks. We have communists in charge of, of all facets of our military now. Communists and, and racists, black racists. See, there's no white racists out there. I've yet to find them. I find pissed off white people who are being ordered to uh, believe everything they're told, but I haven't found any that are racist yet. The only racists that I found are black, and they seem to be in charge of the country right now, especially in the military. So they're putting out books, and every year they come out. And when I was in the in the, in the Navy, there's the same thing. I, I'd get this list of books that I was I should read. They were recommended reading. Um, and they looked good on your resume when you went for uh, improvement in your rating. So let's see. One of these books is How to Be an Anti-Racist. Another one is The New Jim Crow. Another one is Sexual Minorities and Politics. And all three of these, all three of them, condemn whites and condemn America. All three of these books. Tucker Carlson comes out and he had mentioned something about this and then the the media decided to push it as he's he's racist and of course everybody's racist it doesn't matter if, what you say against a, a black guy they're going to call you racist tucker comes out and says this is insane you're denigrating the best military on earth there are arguments going back and forth back and forth and then finally tucker comes out and says this Joe Biden was elected as a moderate who is going to stay the course, return this country to normalcy. It turns out Biden is changing the United States faster than any president ever has in American history. Our job on this show is to pay attention to exactly how Joe Biden is changing it. The New York Times isn't going to tell you. Now, not every change that Joe Biden makes will matter over time. Despite all the huffing and puffing, a lot of things that presidents do are quickly forgotten. Some of the things Joe Biden promises won't happen. Others are just symbolic ring kissing designed to appease the interest groups that got him elected. But some of Biden's changes are very real, and they matter very much. Nothing matters more than what Joe Biden does to our U.S. military. Our military is the last functional institution of any size in this country. It's the last institution most people trust and respect. It is by far the most important. A weak military means no country. So on Monday, when we saw Joe Biden pledge to bring a, quote, intensity of purpose and mission to really change the culture and habits of the U.S. military, we paid attention to it. Here's what Biden said. Some of it's relatively uh, straightforward work where we're making 
good progress designing body armor that fits women properly, tailoring combat uniforms for women, creating maternity flight suits, updating requirements for their hairstyles. Creating maternity flight suits. Maybe those suits have been around for a while. We'd never heard of them. But here was the president of the United States promoting them at a press conference. And that phrase stuck out, not because we have some hateful bias against pregnant women flying military jets. We're pro-pregnancy, as we often say. We're also open-minded. Maybe pregnant women make the best pilots. The Department of Defense measures everything, so there's got to be extensive research on this question. If the Pentagon can show that pregnant pilots are the best, we will be the first to demand an entire Air Force of pregnant pilots. The problem is we're pretty confident that Joe Biden hasn't asked to see those numbers. We'd bet money that Joe Biden never even thought to ask. The rest of us depend on the U.S. military to protect our families and protect the country itself. But Joe Biden doesn't see it that way. Finding the most effective military pilots or infantry officers or SEAL teams is not his priority. It's not even close to his priority. Identity politics is Joe Biden's priority. It's all that matters. You see this attitude throughout the U.S. government as well as in the corporate world. Key positions filled on the basis of physical appearance without any reference to ability or experience. Now, you can get by with that if you're Citibank, which now cares more about wokeness than about banking. They can explain the results to their shareholders 10 years from now. But it is not fine if your only job is to protect the United States from people who want to kill the rest of us. That is the worst kind of dereliction of duty. Yet it's happening right now on an enormous scale. Just this week, the Biden administration announced that the Pentagon will pay for gender reassignment surgery for active duty personnel. How do sex changes in the military make this country safer? That's not a trick question. It's not another volley in the culture war. It's the only question that matters, literally the only question that matters. But no one bothered to ask it, probably because no one can remember why the U.S. military exists. Here's a reminder. The U.S. military exists to fight and win wars. That's its only purpose. The U.S. military is not an NGO. It is not a vehicle for achieving equity. It's not a social experiment. It's definitely not an employment agency. Nobody has a God-given right to work in the military. No one does, and that includes all of us. If you ever hear this show whine that Delta Force is discriminating against paunchy 51-year-old cable news hosts, you'll know that we have lost the thread because it's not about us. It's about the country. Making people feel valued and included is a good thing. It is not the point of the U.S. military. It cannot be the point of the U.S. military or else we're done. Now, that used to be obvious. The military was the purest meritocracy that we had. If you get a minute, go back and listen to some of the speeches that Colin Powell used to give about his experience in the U.S. Army. The military was willing to judge Colin Powell purely on his talents, something that few would do at the time. Powell was smart and capable, and for that reason, in the end, he became chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was just proud of that, and so was the country he served. Would Colin Powell's story be possible today? No, it wouldn't. Joe Biden has put a man called Lloyd Austin in charge of the Pentagon. Biden plucked Austin from the cynical world of private equity, but you're not supposed to notice that. You're supposed to notice only that Lloyd Austin is black. The real headline, however, is that Lloyd Austin is the second defense secretary in a row to have been on the payroll of Raytheon, the massive defense contractor. If you saw something like that happen in a Central American country, you would call it corruption, and you would be right. For centuries, our military has been self-consciously nonpartisan. In a democracy, it has to be that way. The military has to be nonpartisan. No country can survive if its armed forces become a tool of a specific political party. We know that because it happens all the time.
time all over the world, and the consequences are always horrifying. It has never happened here. But Lloyd Austin is openly political. In his first days on the job, Austin made the entire armed services submit to a kind of political purity test. Anyone who had views that Lloyd Austin found, quote, extreme, had to leave. The rest of us watched as this happened. We saw it. Once again, no one said anything. The left approved. The right felt hamstrung because they support the troops. Of course, if you support the troops, you probably should speak up when they're being abused, as they were. Then Lloyd Austin set about accelerating poisonous trends already in progress at the Pentagon. Worst of these is the use of irrelevant criteria in hiring and promotion. In order to meet the demands of various Democratic interest groups, the Pentagon has dramatically lowered standards in the services. Now, spokesmen officially deny this, but it is true. Ask anyone who works there. If you press the spokesman, they'll tell you that it's not really a big deal because traditional standards don't really measure anything. Well, then why have them in the first place? Why have standards at all? It doesn't make sense. They're lying. And they're lying because they have to lie. Politicians have demanded it. Now, if you dare to point any of this out, they become hysterical. And they become hysterical because they can't defend their own policies. When people can't defend what they've done, they yell. They can't even explain what those policies are, so they attack. You hear politicians like Tammy Duckworth say that it's unpatriotic to question the Pentagon unless you have served in the military yourself. You haven't earned that right. Really? Can only cops talk about police brutality? If you haven't been elected to office, are you allowed to criticize Congress? They're not not making a real argument. They're trying to silence dissent. Not playing along. Sorry. Every American citizen has a right, maybe an obligation, to know what the military they pay for is doing, because our lives may depend on it. Today, the Department of Defense launched a large and coordinated public relations offensive against this show. Pentagon brass issued hostile statements. People in uniform sent out videos on social media. The DOD even issued a news release attacking us. Press Secretary smites Fox News host like we're a hostile foreign power. We suspect this is one war they might actually win. They've got a manpower advantage. We could play you a lot of tape from this today. It took up most of their day, and we could marvel over it. Since when does the Pentagon declare war on a domestic news operation? Can't remember that ever happening. But we're not going to do that. We're going to pass. Because this is bigger than a feud with some flack at the Pentagon. This is genuinely worrisome. The Department of Defense has never been more aggressively or openly political. Tonight, there are 2,500 American troops stationed in Afghanistan, and they remain there to prevent the fall of Kabul to extremists. At the same time, there are 5,000 troops in our own capital tonight, also as protection against extremists, meaning people who voted for the losing candidate in the last election. Judging by those numbers, the Pentagon is now twice as focused on controlling our own citizens as it is on controlling the Taliban. Meanwhile, as Lloyd Austin hyperventilates about white supremacy, there are real threats out there, and the biggest ones continue to be ignored. Those threats are not Syria, they're not suburban Virginia, they're not domestic extremism, at least right now. The main threat that we face, and everyone who is honest knows this, is the government of China. China is ascendant. Their economy will soon outpace ours. China now has the largest navy on the planet. Why do they have that? Why did they feel the need to build it? Does that have potential consequences for us? Yes. If China moved against Taiwan, how exactly would we respond? More likely, if the Chinese decide to close international shipping lanes, it would cripple our economy. If they decide to shut down our internet, it would bring our life to a halt. If it is decided to occupy Malaysia, that would be a grave concern to the world. If any of these things happen, or a hundred other things that might happen, what exactly would our Pentagon do about it? Can the U.S. military still win a real war? Those are the questions that matter. Those are the only questions that matter, which may be why Joe Biden wants to talk about maternity flight suits. 
Now, I haven't heard a response back yet from the, from the uh, communist racists in the Pentagon, but I'm sure it's, uh, it's headed this way. All right, another, another great thing to listen to under the category of liberal psychosis, it's criminal aliens. Now that the border is wide open, I mean it's wide open. It, it looks like, a, like a, it reminds me of a storage area. You know, you pull up to your storage area and, you know, you, you rent a little 5 by 10 space there and you've got a key and a password on this, on this pad. And then the, the big giant gate slides sideways. And then after a few seconds, it slides back. Well, it looks like the border slid sideways and has not slid back. And the criminals are driving right over. They're driving right through the fence, right through there under private property, and they keep on going. They're not doing anything. Multiple terror suspects have been caught at the border. Criminals from over 120 countries have so far been caught at the southern border. Over 120 countries. The feds are covertly transferring the people they get they're sneaking them around. Now, you're hearing all of this on, on TV and the radio about un, un, unidentified children, unaccompanied children, 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 children. Do you know what the federal government considers a child? Anyone under the age of 26? That's their actual definition. What they're saying is people under 21 are children. 80% of all gang members in the United States are between the age of 13 and 17. So this is what's coming in the United States. And what these these communists in charge are doing is they're busing them under cover of darkness to different cities all through the Southwest. They're putting them in, I can't use the word detention centers, but they're putting them in, in places to hold them. Now, this is that's disgusting. And to me, that's evil. Because they're taking people who have not even been checked medically and dropping them off in different cities. And on top of that, the administration has required the Department of Homeland Security and the Border Patrol to keep their mouth shut. There's a gag order on this. These bastards have even come out and said that, you know what we ought to do to make it fair? Let's start shipping them to some of these states that border Canada, such as Washington, Idaho, Montana. Let's spread it around. Let's spread these criminals around. Well, let me rephrase that. Let's spread these potential Democrat voters around. And when asked about it, now, you know who Jin Psaki is? She's this cross-eyed female that's, that's the mouthpiece for the administration that, that talks to uh, the reporters. And, uh, you know, most people don't know this, but she was the same person that did this for Adolph Clinton. So she's been around. She's lost her ability to communicate properly recently, but when asked about this this uh, this thing with the children, this was her smug answer. Crisis at the southern border growing by the day as the U.S. faces its biggest migrant surge in nearly 20 years. Kevin. Yeah, good afternoon. This is a circumstance that regardless of whether or not the White House decides to deem this a crisis, it most certainly is just that. If you have any opportunity to look at what's happening at the border, we're not just talking about thousands of individuals traveling all the way through Mexico up into the U.S. We're talking about thousands of children as well, most of them unaccompanied by an 
adult. That creates its own special circumstance, about which our colleague Kristen Fisher asked the White House press secretary today. Is there a limit or a cap to the number of unaccompanied minors that are going to be allowed into the U.S.? A limit or a cap? Should, so should we send some kids who are 10 back at a certain point? Is that what you're asking me? I'm not setting the policy here. I'm just asking you what the Biden administration's policy is. Our policy continues to be we're not going to send a 10-year-old back across the border. That was the policy of the last administration. That's not our policy here. The smugness with which Saki answered that question really speaks volumes about how they're framing this. They're simply suggesting that any questions about the policy are somehow untoward because there are children involved. But the real issue is here, actually a couple of them. Number one, we're talking about thousands of adults as well. Let's be honest about that. And number two, for the many that do come into the country, many without family DNA match, many without COVID testing, they are competing for low-wage jobs impacting existing American citizens who are already competing for jobs. These communists don't have to, they don't have to have good bedside manners, let's put it that way, because, well, they don't need to. They're in charge. How dare we ask any questions of them whatsoever. We have no right to know what's going on because we're too damn stupid to take care of ourselves anyway. And that's what they're here for. The elitists are here to take care of us. Now, another category under the liberal psychosis, for now, I'm sure I'll figure out a different name, is the Democrat perversion. This is this is well known amongst Democrats in the United States. If you're a pervert, you're a Democrat. There's some that are Republican, but generally, the worse you are in perversion, sexual perversion, the the uh, higher on the totem pole of Democrats you are. So this category, and we'll start off with Don Lemon, who actually allows us all to call him a queer. A, a queer. He's, Don Lemon is a queer, you know, this, this black racist uh, queer on TV. Uh, he's explaining to us and I refuse to play the clip. He's explaining to us what traditional marriage is, and it's not what God is all about. That's not. The traditional marriage is not what God is all about. God is about forgiving perversion and allowing perversion. And speaking of perversion, do you remember, I don't know, last year, the year before, when the communists come out with the drag queen story hour? Remember that? They had it once here. Well, they tried to have it once here in Coeur d'Alene. It didn't go over too well. Uh, people blocked the entrance to the library, and and uh, they the newspaper claimed that the parents were afraid of altercations, so no parents brought their children to this drag queen story hour. Before the news got it, before the newspapers got it, my son comes to me and he goes, "Dad, I'm on I'm on the dark web, and I'm finding some mention about this guy named Brett Bloom. Brett Bloom, he's a children's court judge." And I said, well, what's going on about it? He goes, I don't know. It's just, it's just popping up. There's just little smoke, little, little wisps of smoke about this guy. I said, well, monitor it. Well, the next thing that pops up is this children's court judge, Brett Bloom, is arrested and charged with possessing child porn. And in the article, talks about how he and his husband are shocked. And so are their two adopted male children. This Brett Bloom guy, he founded an organization called Cream City Foundation. Cream City Foundation pushes the acceptance of sexual perversion throughout the United States, starting uh, below the age of kindergarten. 
He's the guy that started the Drag Queen Story Hour. And this Brett Bloom, being a pervert, was allowed to become a child's children's court judge. And he got arrested for possession of child porn. And then Dimwit comes out, signs an executive order. Well, he, he signed two executive orders that had to do with transvestites. Never mind this transgender hogwash. When they use the word transgender, that means transvestite or butch dyke. A butch dyke is a female lesbian that wants to be a man. So they dress like them. They, they think they dress like them. They act like them. And they become morbidly obese. I don't know why that is tied in there, but it is. And a transvestite is a male that wants to be a female or wants to pretend they're female. So Biden signs this, uh, this executive order that says, let all the sexual perverts in. Doesn't matter. Into the military. Then he signs another executive order that says now the military has to pay if any of these sexual perverts want to get the operation to fold it over, tuck it in, whatever they do, to, to pretend to become a real female. So I'm watching all of this stuff, right? My brother lives in Nevada. He she keeps moving, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire. Nevada's taken over by communists. There's 100%. They just had a um, Miss Silver State beauty contest. And this this is this is the pre-running contest to Miss Nevada. A transvestite won. A sexual pervert won in Nevada. And now this pervert gets to go and run in the Miss Nevada contest. A psychiatrist who who is just retiring decided to come out with the truth. And as he retired, he, he retired from John Hopkins University. He said, transgender is a mental disorder and ch- sex change is biologically impossible. Now, that's true. You've heard the term, don't judge a book by its cover. It's more so true when it comes to sexual perversion and transvestites. That, that cover of that book might be gorgeous, but what's inside, you can't change it. Once you're a male, you're a male. I can tell you with a needle in my, and my uh, little tiny... magnifying glass whether you're male or female. I just draw some blood. You're male, female, period. You can cut it off, tuck it under, fold it in. I don't care what you do. You cannot change biologically what you are. This, This whole segment here of the Democrat perversion, the more disgusting people are, the more the Democrats want you in their party. All right, we're getting out of the we're getting out of this 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 section, this liberal psychosis. And now we're going into government threat, as if the liberal psychosis wasn't a, wasn't a government threat. I've talked about this many times that America is is a product of generations of brainwashing and indoctrination. And there's a whole article on that exact thing. It's allnewspipeline.com. I'll have the link to it, but basically it's saying the same thing as I've said is that we have lost many generations because we have allowed communism and the psychosis of communism to infiltrate the school systems throughout the United States. When you have a transvestite decide that he's going to identify as a woman, put on some skin-tight pants and a shirt, and go into a race, do a, do a race, you know, 100-yard dash type thing, and win. They're competing in women's sports, and they're winning. Every time. Every time. There's this 
news article I talked about. God, I could probably have about 100 of these articles in a, in a day. This boy decided he wanted to be a female, so he decided he told everyone he was a, he, he, I identify as a girl. So he was allowed to join the girls' wrestling team. And from that point on, he won every match. I wonder why. How stupid are we to allow that? You know, I've said it before, and I'm going to tell you again. You see something stupid, say it. Say that that's stupid. What the hell's wrong with people? All right, so under the government threat, we got a couple categories there. We have, well, you'll know what this category is when I play the intro tune. Yes, that's right. This is about Dimwit at Shady Acres in Washington, D.C. There is a growing, growing consistency of proof that the whole presidency with uh, Biden is faked. There are for, uh, digital forensic experts that are looking at every one of these speeches that he's done or these talks that he's done or these so-called meetings that he's done where it looks as if his whole body is deep faked. And I saw this one thing, and my son brings this to me again, and he goes, Dad, explain this one to me. And there's a video of Biden walking about 20 feet from a, from a vehicle with three or four people standing around the vehicle. And he's walking down this gravel path, about 20 feet maybe, and he comes to a stop. Now, this if you can picture the viewpoint, the viewpoint is from where he's walking towards. And all you see from that point, that viewpoint, are the mic booms. These are the long uh, rods that have a fuzzy microphone on the end of it, and they have that fuzzy on there to to, uh, deaden the wind sound. All you see is these mics sticking up. They're about waist level, right? If someone's talking, why would the mic be down around their their, uh, belt? It should be up around their face. But these mics are all down there. So he's walking up. Also, what you don't see, what most people don't see, is that off to the side, maybe 20 feet away, is another character holding what looks like a rifle with his back to him. I I don't know. I, I can't see. It's kind of fuzzy. Anyway, so Biden walks up. He stops and leans forward. Now, you know how he talks with his hands out in front of him? He leans forward and his hands 
go in front of those microphones. At least that's what it looks like. And then he talks, mumbles a few things, and then he walks off. The whole thing looks like a green screen. Now, I've been in theater. I've been in the movies. I've been on TV. A green screen is... When you see the weather lady in the morning, and she's standing there in front of a a, a picture of the United States, and there's you know raining here and snowing here and windy here, that's a green screen. There's nothing on that. It's put on a computer screen that she's watching, and that green screen is is uh, basically picking that up. The green screen is invisible to the camera. And you use that to falsify or to put somebody in front of something that they're not really there. Like, I can actually put myself diving off a cliff, a cliff in uh, Hawaii, and I'm not there. But I'm using green screen technology to, to do it. And this is what people are thinking and seeing. When you see him talk, when you see him walk, look around his body. Make sure all the edges of his body are sharp. Because in the same, the same video, from a different angle, his body looks wavy around the edges. Okay, then we go. Now, we're under Dimwit the Puppet. This is the category. So, Dimwit's AG, is Attorney General's pick, Merrick Garland. He was grilled on the Hill by the Republicans because the uh, communists are just, they don't even care. They're going to vote him in. There's nothing we can do about it. But he came out and said that Antifa and Black Lives Matter, all the attacks they did in Portland and everywhere else, didn't count. They weren't terrorism because they weren't during working hours. That's that's the qualification in his mind that to be terrorism, it has to be done uh, from eight to five. And then uh, another nominee for the Department of Justice, Senator Tom Cotton talks to this woman. Now, I didn't want to play the clip, but this this is a strange-looking creature. It's why are the ugliest females Democrats? I don't understand. She hates Americans, she hates whites. But she's going to be in charge of the Department of Justice. Oh, and the the um, <laughs> the Department of Justice, by the way, uh, came out uh, the Department of Homeland Security and the other intelligence agencies all came out and, and decided they they did a a joint report of the Department of Justice and the Department of Homeland Security <clears throat> on foreign interference targeting election infrastructure or political organization, campaign, or candidate infrastructure related to the 2020 U.S. federal elections. In other words, what they found was there was no interference in any way, shape, or form by any country in the world on the 2020 election. I have the report right here. And, I, and I'll have this posted on my on my notes page. The funny thing is, is as I'm reading this, I'm listening to the news, how the the quote-unquote Biden administration has come out and, and condemned uh, Iran, China, and Russia for interfering in the election. I'm like, what the hell are these people doing? They're saying one thing out of this side of the mouth and another thing out of another side of the mouth. Oh, and by the way, if you don't know this yet, climate change is the number one national security threat. Climate change is, right? Okay, but Dimwit cancels an 80 million acre oil lease sale. Now, this was an oil lease that was being paid for in Louisiana, and they were going to go in there and search for oil and start pumping oil. He canceled it in the middle of it. The economic impact on this, just this one thing that Dimwit did, and I, you know what, I, I hate, I hate saying that he did something he didn't. He's, he's a puppet. He's, he does what he's told to do. So somebody is telling him to do this. 
You got to do this. You can't. You can't. Uh, you can't let them have an economy here in the United States. That's going to be a quarter million people out of work. This isn't a guess. This is going to be a quarter million people because its domino effect is massive. Eighty million acres is pretty big. So it's going to affect a quarter million people. And now Dimwit comes out and he says, "You know what? We haven't had a massive, massive, or no, he used the term major." Major tax hike since 1993. I think it's time. Major tax hike. We had the highest corporate tax rating in the world. Our corporations were paying above 28%. So for every 100 bucks, they had to pay $28 to the government. Corporations left the United States like crazy. Trump knocked that way down, like around 20%. He wants to raise it to that or above. Oh, and did you know that the State Department has a systemic diversity problem? It has a diversity problem in the State Department. Anthony Blinken, this guy is, uh, he's got the IQ of a rutabaga. And he says he's racing to address a 232-year-old problem, the overwhelming and entrenched whiteness of the nation's oldest government agency. Well, you know what? There are requirements to become, uh, to work in the State Department. And you heard what I talked about last week on Hewlett Packard. When you don't have requirements and you have to hire just because a person's black or brown or female, you end up lowering, lowering the quality of people you get in there. Or if your requirements are too high, most of those people aren't going to go in there. I'm not saying all blacks and Mexicans and you know that are, are not worthy of that. I'm just saying, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. And this is a fact. This is, can be backed up by any amount of statistics you want. Now, you know when the uh, black racists in charge of the Pentagon ordered all of the military to stand down, stand down for 60 days to try and root out the, the extremists in them? Yeah, what they're finding was that when they are talking to the military, and, and they have to do it in batches, you know, when they're talking to the military guys, when they're talking to the soldiers or the sailors or the Marines or what have you, they're discovering that these people, look, they're all saying, how come you're only telling us that only the white people are bad, yet you're not saying anything about Black Lives Matter or Antifa who have destroyed billions of dollars of businesses and homes and infrastructure throughout the United States, but the white people are bad. They're the extremists, but these people aren't. That's freaking out the the uh, communists. And now they got to figure out how to retrain the military to believe that black people are not bad, only white people are bad. They have to train them to believe that Antifa and Black Lives Matter are good. And it's the white people that are causing the problems. You know... When I was a kid, I asked this friend of ours. He lived down the street, and he was a he was a very wise Chinese guy. My dad said that he was a monk that escaped from Tibet, and I didn't know anything about that at the time. But I asked him. I was talking to him one day, and I I said, "How come?" Because my next door neighbor was a black kid. I said, "How come some people don't like black people?" And he looked at me and said, "Well, it's not everywhere." But when you go someplace and everyone around you has this fish in their hand and they walk up to you and slap you in the face with it, pretty soon you're not going to like fish anymore. 
I didn't understand what he was talking about. But I do now. So what the communists are doing are slapping us in the face with blacks. And they're calling us when we say, stop slapping us. We don't like that. They're calling us racist. It's just the way it is, I guess. And in fact, that's another segment. Commie racism. It could be anything. This could also be cancel culture. You know, it's hard to put all of this liberal psychosis into one area or even government threat into one category. You know Dr. Seuss books, right? You know about how the uh, cancel culture and the communists are now saying Dr. Seuss was a, was a racist. Well, I got I to gotta tell you something that I most people don't even know about. If I can find him, I will have, uh, I'll put a link up. Dr. Seuss, the guy that wrote Dr. Seuss books in World War II, did uh, recruiting videos. Not, not really recruiting videos for the U.S. military, but he did training videos. And there were cartoons. They were R-rated because they would have nude cartoon females in them. They would have guys getting their heads blown off. And he was trying to talk to you uh, about keeping your mouth shut. You know, loose lips sink ships type thing. So that's what he did. He talked to people about keeping their mouth shut and, and keeping uh, secrets and, and don't talk to anybody. And it was quite risque, believe me. They're canceling these Dr. Seuss books. Tucker Carlson had something to say about that as well. Almost four years ago on this show, we talked to a former Georgia state representative called LaDawn Jones about Black Lives Matter. Jones is a strong supporter of BLM, so not surprisingly, she was well-practiced in the now highly familiar tactic of denouncing everything she doesn't like as racist. And we knew that going into the interview. What was surprising was to hear LaDawn Jones go after the beloved children's book author, Dr. Seuss. She called Dr. Seuss a bigot. Here's the exchange from 2017. I actually had to, once I heard the story, pull out our Dr. Seuss books that are on my children's bookshelf and take a closer look at them so I can see exactly what it was that was the complaint. And as is normal well, what was for it? many what, of us. What, what was it? I mean, actually, I've been obviously speaking tongue-in-cheek because this is, like, literally demented but since you said that you checked dr seuss for racism what did you find where were the racist parts so you look at many of the drawings and you have to put it in the context of the times that many of these books were were written and you can see that there are some very stereotypical drawings of asian americans um, dr seuss was known for some very stereotypical black face drawings prior to the books that most of us are familiar with now at the time what you just heard seemed incomprehensible in fact as we noted kind of demented say what you about Dr. Seuss, maybe you think his drawings are primitive, maybe some of his dog rule doesn't actually rhyme, but Dr. Seuss was not a racist. Dr. Seuss was a preachy liberal. He was an evangelist against bigotry. He wrote an entire shelf of books against racism, and not in a subtle way. They were clearly, explicitly against racism. That was the whole point of writing them, to teach children not to be racist. Every year on Dr. Seuss's birthday, the president, whomever he is at the time, makes a proclamation in support of something called Read Across America Day. That's designed to encourage kids to read books. And every year, the president mentions Dr. Seuss because, again, it's his birthday. That's the whole point of it. But not this year. Joe Biden omitted Dr. Seuss from this year's proclamation. Why? Because Dr. Seuss is now considered a racist. So what seemed like total lunacy less than four years ago is now the official position of the White House. Now, the shocking thing about this is not that it happened. Academic revolutionaries have been attacking traditional children's books for decades. A few years ago, some moron at Boston University produced so-called research on Curious George's undercurrent of white dominance. Quote, the series celebration of the oppression of an abducted monkey parallels the oppression of black Americans. 
What's surprising is how calculated all this is. Now, conservatives will be tempted to chalk up the attacks on Dr. Seuss to the usual cancel culture gone mad. Look how hysterical and stupid the professional left is. They're even calling Dr. Seuss racist. And you've seen people say that on social media today. But it's totally missing the point. Canceling Dr. Seuss isn't stupid. It's intentional. They're banning Dr. Seuss not because he was a racist, but precisely because he wasn't. In 1961, Dr. Seuss wrote a story called The Sneetches. Martin Luther King's March on Washington was still two years away, but Dr. Seuss's story captured its essence. In case you haven't already read it to your kids 50 times and know it by heart, here's the plot. There's a group of furry pear-shaped animals called Sneetches who live on what looks like a faraway planet. Now, if that sounds weird to you, be aware that Dr. Seuss rarely drew people, probably because he didn't want to elevate one kind of person over any other kind of person. He wasn't a racist. In any case, there are two groups of Sneetches in the story. Those with star-shaped designs on their stomachs and those without. There's no real difference between the two groups, but the Sneetches don't know that. They're convinced that stars are all important. So they spend the entire story jockeying for position based on the relative starness. At various points in the story, stars on the stomach are deemed socially favorable. At others, they're considered a mark of disgrace. And the Sneetches run around frantically trying to keep up with the changing demands of star fashion until they realize in the uplifting final pages of the story that none of it matters. Underneath the stars, they're all the same. They're all Sneetches. Who cares who's got a star? What matters isn't the group you come from. What matters is you. Even a five-year-old gets the point of the story. At the deepest level, it doesn't matter what we look like because underneath it all, we're all the same. We're all human beings. We're in this together. All that outward appearance stuff is pointless. It just makes people hate each other and it makes us look ridiculous. If there's a more powerful statement on the universal brotherhood of man, it's probably not in the children's section of the bookstore. For 60 years, American children have read the Sneetches and books like it. And that's one of the reasons we have the country we have today, in which most Americans, those who don't work at the universities or for the Joe Biden administration, accept Martin Luther King's most famous precept, that what matters is the content of our characters, not the color of our skins. The Sneetches affirm this. The story is a plea for colorblindness. And that's why the forces of wokeness hate it. And Dr. Seuss. When the people in charge cancel Dr. Seuss, what they're really trying to eliminate is a very specific kind of mid-century American culture. A culture that championed meritocracy and colorblindness and the superiority of individual achievement over tribal identity. These were once called liberal values. Modern liberals don't want to be reminded that they once believed any of this. If your kids are allowed to read Dr. Seuss, they will know this was a different country not so long ago. A place where people tried hard not to hate each other. A place where the population was encouraged, begged by its leaders to reject identity politics in favor of universal values and the things that connect us all. Dr. Seuss was never a major literary figure, but his memory matters more than it ever has. The battle over Dr. Seuss, what he stood for, the battle over what it means to be racist, will have consequences that extend for generations. And if we lose that battle, America is lost. Well, I don't know if you've noticed it, but spring has sprung. Saturday was the first day of spring, and you can tell out here in northern Idaho by all the birds chirping and the cats mewing. Like, oh, look at there's something new to eat. Haven't seen one of them in in months. All right, so there's uh, this is spring. So what happens at spring? You get spring cleaning. A lot of you don't know how to clean, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to teach you right now. I've had people send me emails, send me letters, come into the store, say, you know, I never knew that. I never knew that this is how you clean. And I'm I just, I'm astounded. Or I was 10 years ago when it started happening, when I started doing this show. 
this show, specifically this spring cleaning show, people aren't taught how to clean. I was taught how to clean every weekend, every Sunday. We would take everything out of the house, put it on the driveway, and we would scour the house on the inside and then sit out front in our on our couch singing songs, listening to the radio while the floor dried. And then we put it all back in. This is what we did, my family. Of course, we didn't have much. <laughs> there were two beds in one bedroom, one bed in another, a dresser, you know, and the front room was a old Hoffman television, roll around black and white with three channels on it, uh, a, a couch, and a chair, one single chair. Okay, that's, that's the front room. The dinette was an, a 50s-style aluminum, bright polished aluminum and linoleum top and with four chairs. That was it. That's the whole front of the house. So we didn't have that much to move. Now I got so much crap, I, if I started a fire, I wouldn't know it. So what you're going to do is you're going to clean. There's a reason it's called spring cleanings, because you've lived inside your abode. I don't care what it is. It could be a house. It could be a motorhome, a cabin, uh, a mansion. It doesn't matter. You lived in it for months and months trying to keep the cold out. And you do that by keeping the windows shut. And every time you come in, you get, you get the old, close the damn doors, a draft. Okay, so you. this is the thing. All of your smells are locked inside. And when I was a kid on a, a Klamath Reservation, we use the sun to clean stuff. You take your bedding outside, you shake it, and you lay it over the line, and you leave it out in the sun. After a couple hours, one side got nice and hot, you flip it over. We called it sun washing. And what that did, well, it killed all the bacteria. It killed everything. And it gave it a nice smell, almost like ozone. But that's that's what we used to do. So spring cleaning, you're going to start, you have to start somewhere. A lot of people think, well, I, I don't know, where do I start? What do I do? I don't understand. It's too confusing. Well, good. That's what I'm here for. You can make a general cleaning mixture. One gallon of water, use a bucket, a half cup of pine salt, or if you don't have actual pine saw. You can look for pine oil cleaner. Go to the dollar store. It'll blow your mind. This stuff is cheap there. Obviously, it's a dollar. But you want a cleaner with pine oil in it. Pine oil is a natural um, antimicrobial. And it smells good. So you gallon of water, half a cup of pine saw, and one cup white vinegar. And I'll tell you something about white vinegar. I have a whole list I'm not going to have time to read it. Of at least 100 things you can do with vinegar. It'll blow your mind. But the vinegar will will dissolve hard water stains. Like, I got one of them coffee pots. Well, it's a teapot, basically. Lid flips up. You pour water in it. You set it on the stand, and it boils water in there. And it's stainless steel bottom uh, internally. The base is stainless steel. Well, all the hard water, the, the minerals, coagulate onto there. So once a week, I take about a tablespoon of white vinegar, put it in there, swish it around, let it sit for about a half an hour, take a toothbrush, dip it in there, and scrub the edges of the whole thing, and then pour it out, rinse it out, just like brand new. You got these shower stalls, white vinegar. You got buildup of white minerals on anything. In some houses, some, some houses are really bad. Well... Vinegar, white vinegar, not apple cider, white vinegar. The best way to do this, now I'm going to give you the optimum way, whether you do it this way or not is up to you. 
you got that one gallon bucket with a half cup of pine salt or pine oil in it and one cup white vinegar. That's your cleaning solution. You don't need all kinds of suds and stuff. You should have another water of clear water, another bucket of clear water for rinsing, or at least a faucet right around there. Okay, get yourself some some rags, some scrub brushes, toothbrushes, the little scrubby sponge. You know, one side's a sponge, the other side's a little green green scrubby thing. Okay, and oh, you should also have some tooth uh, newspapers. If you have wood in the house, like dark wooden cabinets or something, get some Murphy's Oil. Murphy's Oil cleans really well. And then after you're done using the Murphy's Oil, you can use Old English Scratch Cover to fill in the scratches and and make it look a little more presentable. Lemon Pledge, of course, that's a great thing to use. Uh, you, You want the Lemon Pledge, not just the plain pledge. Lemon Pledge has the oil of a lemon in it. And this is the this is the thing. It, it it not only cleans, but it conditions. And then you need a broom, dust mop. You need these three things: broom, dust mop, vacuum cleaner. You don't sweep where you need to vacuum. You're not going to sweep your carpet, but don't vacuum your linoleum. You don't clean it. All you're picking up is the crap that floats around. Okay, so you got to learn to what the difference is and when to use them. So here's what we're going to do: is start in the garage. Not even in your house. How's that? And that's usually, that's my department. You're going to clean the garage just like you would the house. You start at the top. You start at the top and you dust. Now in a garage, you usually aren't going to dust. But me, I have a, a leaf blower. One of these these uh, battery-operated ones. So I open the garage door. You take your car out. Take any big things out. You, you don't want to get all dusty and everything. And then I turn the leaf blower on and I aim it up and I clean all the dust and everything out of the top. That's the key. You get all of it down. You dust all the top of everything. You blow off all that dust. You're going to have to do this three or four times. You blow off all the dust. Then you step outside and let it settle. Go back in, blow it out again. And you blow out the top, up the rafters are, on the sides, on your toolboxes, on any boxes in there, any crap you got in there. And then blow out underneath if you can. Like we've got, I got rollout uh, toolboxes and shelving and such. I'm blowing out underneath as, as well. Be aware, any of these, any nails or screws that you drop during the winter, well, now you're blowing them out in the driveway. Pay attention. Best way to pick that stuff up is to put a magnet in a baggie and drag it around. And that magnet will pick up anything that's that dropped, and then you don't have to worry about trying to pull it away from the magnet. Then you just pull the magnet out of the baggie and throw the whole baggie away. So you clean it out with the dusting things, right? Now, why is there all the, so much dust in the garage? Well, check your door seals because I guarantee they're not fitting. When you close your garage door, there's usually a seal, a big poofy seal on the bottom of it. It should be adjusted to where that seal works perfectly and keeps everything from blowing through under the door. I had a new garage door put in a couple of years back and it got dirty as hell. So I, I ended up having to uh, put another seal in the thing. And I couldn't. I called up the company that put the garage door, and they wanted forty bucks for a seal. I got it on eBay, fifteen dollars delivered. You just got to get the right measurement and the right type. And it's important to make sure your garage door seals as well as possible. You're not going to get it to where it seals like a house door does, but it seals as well as possible. If you got to put any strips of sealing in there or or fuzzy material to keep the wind from coming in, well, then you go ahead and do that. And then what I do after I'm done blowing everything out, then I will move whatever I want to move, and then I hit it all with a broom because it's but that thing's not going to get everything. 
I sweep as much as I can and get all the dust and, and dead critters and, and uh, weird things that we tracked in during the winter, and it, it gets swept out. Now, there's more to it, and everybody's garage is going to be different. I'm just giving you some ideas. And then what I would like to do is I like to put carpet down. Find some old carpet. now, if, And I'll tell you why. is because the carpet will grab any of this dust, dirt, and crap. Especially if you're driving in the winter and your car is getting parked in the garage at night. you got chunks of stuff that's going to be, going to be uh, um, dropping down from the car and, and thawing out and putting a lot of water there. And, and I, uh, first couple of years, I didn't have any carpet down. And I'd be parking my car in there from a winter drive. Chunks of ice would come off of it, and it would it would thaw out and start and drain down to the side of the garage into my toolboxes and into my all kinds of other metal things, and I had to quickly clean them up. So I said, "That's enough of that." So we put some carpet down. You know, if you got a carpet store around there, they throw their old carpet out. And this is up to you to do this or not, right? But they throw their old carpet out. They throw the carpet out. If they go and put new new carpet in somebody's house, they'll throw the old stuff out. Not all of it's garbage. But they don't want to screw with it. You just go ask them permission to go into the dumpster and you, and grab enough carpet that you can put it in your garage. Now realize all the carpet that is in the dumpster has staples in it or nails. Don't hurt yourself. Use some thick gloves when you pick it up and make sure you get all that the staples and nails out of the carpet before you lay it down. And then if you where your door is when you if you have a doorway into the house from there, make sure you got carpet there so it'll pick up. The idea is to try to keep from transmitting the uh, the dust and, and the dirt and the garbage the distance that you're going all right so you got your garage as much as you want to do it if you want to move everything out and clean everything that's fine while you're doing that check your electrical plugs check everything that's plugged in just double check all the electrical in the garage because you haven't looked at it for months make sure all the plugs are tight make sure nothing's loose nothing's started to short out during the winter months then you go into your laundry room. Now, you start at the top again. You do this with every room. You start at the top. You dust or wipe down everything. You don't don't use the blower inside the house. <laughs> you don't want to do that because then you'll end up making more mess. Like, like, like see, I've done that. Never do it again. You uh, dust or wipe. You do not use a vacuum cleaner in the corners of your top corners of your any room. You use a dust mop. You use a duster, use whatever you want, but you dust and wipe down all of the of the walls, the ceiling if you have to, if you can, the fixtures, the light fixtures, and the appliances. Now, the, the light fixtures, people don't understand this, but lights create heat. And if the light bulb is clear, is clean, if it's clean, then that heat is diffused properly. If there's dirt on a light bulb, then that dirt's going to gather and hold heat and that's going to make the light bulb break so once a month i clean my light bulbs i take one of those and i don't know what you call the damn thing but it's it sticks to my hand it's one of those yellow rags you can buy them by the 50 at costco it's a yellow rag that's sticky and uh and wipes everything up really well it just just i don't know my hands are rough and it sticks to my hands and i i wipe down all the light bulbs with that and I have light bulbs that are only supposed to last a couple years. I've had them for 10 years. So you wipe down everything. Start at the top. You're wiping everything down. Now, your appliances that are in the laundry room, obviously, is going to be washer and dryer, at least. There's a few tricks. Instead of just washing the washer and dryer down. And now, this is important. Open the hood. Uh, open the, uh, the, the uh, door on the washing machine. 
and use a brush and soap and water and physically scrub the areas around there, around the latch, you'll get a lot of moisture and soap residue in those areas. They will start rust. So if you want to keep your washing machine for a long time, you've got to take care of it. It's, the physical universe is a unique thing. It's designed to last X amount of years. I don't care what it is. It could be a gun. It could be a pair of shoes. It could be a washing machine. It's designed to, let's say a washing machine is designed to last eight years. If you beat the hell out of it and use it a dozen times a day, it might last five years. But if you baby it and take care of it and keep it clean, it could last 20 years. And I'm telling you this from experience. So make sure your washing machine, the the uh, doors clean, uh, the covers clean, the controls are clean, everything's wiped down. Now, if you have scuff marks or scratches or other things, other marks on appliances, and this covers all appliances, as long as they're not plastic, you can use acetone and clean them up. I worked with a friend of mine, and we would buy and sell washers and dryers and refrigerators. And they get all kinds of scratches on them and mars on them, and they look like hell. But you take acetone. Be careful, all right? Take acetone. And I take a rag and I dip a corner of it in there and I scrub that the scuff mark takes it right off. And we'd wipe down the whole washing machine with acetone, cleans all the stuff. And acetone dissolves plastic, so don't get it on plastic. And then we'd wash with hot soapy water and then dry it. And then we spray it down with lemon pledge. Made the appliances look brand new. So however you're going to handle your appliances, do it. Your dryer, this is important. You've got to make sure your your dust uh accumulator your your lint trap whatever word you want to use on that is cleaned and pull it out and look in with a flashlight look into the opening where the where the lint trap went if you see lint in there you got to get it out if you see lint in the inside there your dryer in that where the lint trap goes that means you have lint all through that dryer if you talk to a fire department they're going to tell you 50% of the fires they have to handle are caused by lint in a dryer. It'll start a fire. So this is one time when I do get my compressor out and I open up the front of the dryer. The uh, There's a little kick, kick plate down at the bottom. I open that up and I stick my compressor hose in the lint trap and I turn it on. And I blow as much lint out. You've got to close the door of the laundry room. You're going to get this crap everywhere. I blow it out. I don't have to do it anymore because I did it. After I learned how to do it, I know how to keep it clean. There's also a duster you can get for under your, under your uh, dryer or under all, all uh, appliances. It's flat. And it's about three feet long. And it's got the typical fuzzy material on it. You just stick it under your dryer, dryer refrigerator, or whatever, and it dusts everything out from there. You can also take this duster and put it down through the lint trap and wiggle it around down there. They also make a, a, a type of cleaner. It looks like a baby bottle brush that's about three feet long and, and very pliable. You can stick that down in there and clean out too. It's very important. And then go on the outside of your house, if that's where your, your uh, dryer e- exhausts to, go out and make sure that's clean. That's the one area that never froze up in our house or in the yard was the area where we had the, uh, the, the exhaust from the dryer. 
the cat used to go there and lay there. Anyway, so that's how you clean up that, that area. You, you clean that, just clean it all out. Dust everything, wash everything, sweep the floors. Sweeping the floors, meaning with a broom, acts like a, it acts like a brush. And it will actually clean better than vacuuming or hitting it with a dust mop. A dust mop is exactly that. It's for dust. So I would sweep the floors first, and then I use a dust mop. The dust mop, yeah, you ever paint a car? First thing you do is you, you know, if you, if you, you want the paint to stick, you're going to do a wet sand, right? Well, that would be like sweeping. And then what you use is a, a, a cloth, a cheesecloth, a, a sticky cloth. And you wipe it down. That would be like using the dust mop because it gets all the particles of dust off. And then you paint it. Same thing with the floors. You sweep them first. Then you use a dust mop to pick up all the dust that's left. And then you wash the, the floors. Now, you can do it depending on what kind of floor you have. But that, that uh, mixture I told you, that gallon of water uh, with the pine salt and vinegar, that works just fine. If you don't want to use that, use whatever you want. But that's, it has to be done. You've got to clean this stuff. See, the, there's a reason behind doing all these cleanings. Because where dirt and grime build up, so does bacteria, so does the viruses. They build up there. Maybe you have a laundry sink in there. Clean that too. Depending on what it is, some of them uh, are ceramic, some of them are plastic, some of them will say, don't use Ajax, don't use anything that's scrubbing just use hot soap and water. Whatever you got to do, do it. Clean everything. Most faucets are chrome-plated, and that chrome can start peeling and discoloring. Clean it too. Wipe it all down. Make sure you get in the areas where you can't see, because that's people usually clean only where they can see. Take off the aerator. Clean it out, because you probably got crap in that from over the past few months. You know, water gets gets uh, contaminants in it, iron, other metallic and mineral contaminants clean that out too now if you have laundry bags in the laundry room empty them out any metallic uh runners they have in them any any braces they have remove those and wash those you might as well get everything cleaned at one time wipe down everything this is once a year you know it's not going to hurt you now after that's done go in the kitchen cabinet doors i don't care what they are they could be glass they could be mahogany they could be oak pine Steel, doesn't matter, wash them down. Use a standard cleaning mixture. Don't use a scrubby pad, just use a rag or a sponge. Remove, now you're only doing the outside. Once you're done with that, make sure your counters are clean because you're going to remove everything from your cabinets. Take it all out, put it on a cab, on a shelf, all right, or on a countertop. Then clean the inside of all of your cabinets. This is going to blow your mind when you see what kind of crap is built up over the years in there just use a standard cleaning liquid that i that i told you how to mix clean the top the sides the bottom the whole interior wash the whole inside if you got shelf lining just replace it if you need to so on the outside of the cabinets after you've done with the inside depending on what they are you uh coat them with murphy's oil or lemon pledge, depending on your finish. Whatever, whatever you 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 want. Okay. If the dishes are look clean enough to you, put them back in. If not, get them washed. But the idea is clean out all all that area. This is the place where bacteria grows, where nasty nibbly critters come in, and depending on a part of the country you're from, 
this is why cockroaches and other critters get into uh, kitchens. Is because the cabinets get garbage in them. They get stuff in them. We have one whole cabinet of seasonings. See, it's that simple. It's got to be taken out and cleaned. Then you remove everything from the drawers. Wash the drawers out. And uh, while you're at it, you might as well lube the runners, depending on the kind of drawers you got. Just lube them. You got a little spray lube or, or grease or whatever you need. Check whatever's going back into the drawers and uh, make sure they're clean. Whatever it is, I don't care. And then put it back in. Your dish drainer, by the way, where you wash the dishes and you set them in the drainer. Wash it down with white vinegar and then scrub it clean. We always use stainless steel uh, dish drainers. Easy to tell when they're, when they're messed up. You clean your sinks as well. And that's done with, with a, a Comet Ajax, you know, something like that. You just get them wet, put some Comet in there, scrub it down, rinse it off good, done. Uh, your sponges, uh, you might want to soak them. I usually do it about every few days in a little bit of soap and bleach or put them in the dishwasher. My wife just throws the, the uh, sponges in the dishwasher. You can also wet them with a little soapy water and put them in the microwave for a couple minutes. I don't like doing that, though. Now, remember how I told you to handle the appliances if you got scuffs and marks on them. Now, your, your uh, refrigerator has more use than any other appliance in the house. Wash that thing down. On the outside, any handles, wash them down. If you've got one of them uh, refrigerators that get water out of the door or ice out of the door or something like that, it's going to be dirty in there. And I, I end up having to scrub mine out because of that. So pay attention to that area as well. The smart thing to do, see, you've already done your cabinets, you've already done your drawers. Empty out your refrigerator. Just the refrigerator part, not the freezer. And then wash the shelves. If, they're, if, they're, if you want to remove them, remove them. Wash the shelves, wash the back, wash the top, wash the, the bottom of your refrigerator. In the door, remove the, everything from there, clean everything. Nothing's going to go bad in a, in a half an hour. Wash everything down. I don't know if I want you to use pine saw inside your refrigerator, but you could use just uh, hot water and a rag. Then put everything back in. Then open the freezer part and pull all the stuff out. Wash the inside of the freezer part. Just use a just just hot water and a sponge or hot water and a rag. I, I don't use any cleanser inside the refrigerator or freezer because that smell could get into your food. Now, the area where you have your garbage, if it's under the sink, empty your sink out. Clean out the sink, under the sink. Take everything out. Clean it out. One place I lived when I was a kid... My mom did this. We moved in. We cleaned out under the sink, and there was a dead rat down there. Not a new dead rat. The thing been it was desiccated. That's how long it had been under the sink amongst all the cleaning utensils that were under there. That wasn't gross or anything. Now you go to your dining room or front room, whatever, whatever you have. You have a dining room, front room. You can do the same thing. You start at the top of the room. Dust everything. Wipe it down. By the way, in the kitchen. Go back into the kitchen. Above your stove, most places have an exhaust. You have a filter there. Remove that filter. Soak it in hot, soapy water. Rinse it and shake it, shake it really well and let it dry. Clean that really well. You might want to take also what's that filter, which is a very feeble filter, is trying to collect the grease and oils that are coming up from your stove. If it has an exhaust fan there, you reach your hand up in there, you're going to feel goo. I would... And this is up to you. How to the extent of you doing this is up to you. 
hot soapy water in a rag, you reach up in there and clean as far as you can. I, it was so bad in our house, I actually had to replace the whole exhaust fan. That's how bad it was. Now back out in the dining room, front room, dust wipe everything down, starting with the ceiling again, depending on your ceiling. Now you might have the popcorn ceiling, right? So that white stuff blowing up there. Well, don't think that doesn't need to be cleaned. You might need to take a dust map, dust mop, or a duster to that because those little those little things sticking down, those little tits sticking down there, they will grab dust and lint and hold it there. And the next thing you know, you got some weird ty- type of of uh, filament swinging back and forth in the breeze. So you just pay attention to what's what's going on there. Uh, you don't know when you're going to have to clean that. So you wipe everything down. Any furniture that's in there, you move it out of there. Because you're also going to be checking the, the uh, drapes. You check your drapes. Open them all away. Clean everything around there. If you've got a, a sliding glass door, in any door that has a drape on it, um, clean it. Make sure it's clean. If you want to, take the drape off. Go get it dry cleaned. Sweep, vacuum, and if, uh, if the wood floor is just dust, dust uh, use the dust mop and wash properly. To the extent you take care of your physical universe, this house, this this floor, the walls, they will last longer. Move all the furniture, clean underneath. Remove all rugs. Clean them separately. Take them outside. Shake them like crazy. Do like we did on a reservation. Hang them over the the clothesline and beat them with a stick, if you want. (laughs) And then vacuum them. Wipe down all the furniture. It doesn't matter what it is. Wash it. Treat the wood however you want to do it. Murphy's Old English Scratch Cover, Scratch Guard, Lemon Pledge, whatever you're going to do, do it that way. Now we're going to get into the bathroom. Start off with the uh, the walls and the ceilings and the corner. Dust it down. Wash it down. Wipe everything down. Uh, all the, all the uh, fixtures in the bathroom wipe them down also now here's a little clue for you you're going to need to wash the uh, or wipe off at least the light bulbs turn the lights off leave them off for about five minutes and then unscrew the light bulbs or wipe them off it's smarter to unscrew the light bulbs whatever fixtures you have in there to wipe them down if you have a globe over the bulb you're going to need to clean that anyway the idea is to clean everything start at the top wipe everything down dust everything off all right go all the way down the walls the uh, tubs, the shower, the sink, the toilet, you wash them with Comet or Ajax or whatever scrubby thing you like. Be aware that some tubs you can't use uh, any abrasives on, so be aware of that. Now, my wife uses a mixture of pure soap by Calban. We sell that here. Pure soap with a little uh, ammonia, and, uh, and I'm probably wrong about this, and uh, some vinegar in it. It drives the cat crazy, but it cleans everything. And I mean, just poof, cleans everything. Wash everything. On the bathtub, start at the top, work all the way down. When you're done cleaning the bathtub, it should feel like wet glass. That's how smooth it should be. And if it isn't, you didn't clean it right. Okay? Now, the toilet, clean the toilet all the way in the back on the bottom, the sides, inside. Then take the back off of the top of the tank. Reach underneath on the outside on the wall. Turn the water off going to the toilet, if you can. 
you can't do this, no big deal. Turn it off, then flush the toilet, hold the handle down till the the tank drains. And that, that way you can clean the inside of it. There's a lot of algae and scum that gets in there. In an emergency, that's going to be water for you to drink. Okay, so let's let's clean it. Ajax, scrub the hell out of everything in there. Rinse it well, and then turn the water back on. Be careful of that. Some of these valves will start leaking if you don't turn them off all the way or on all the way. So pay attention to that. Wash all of the, uh, the, the faucets in the bathroom just like you wash the faucet in the sink, in the kitchen. Clean them up good. Wipe them down good. They will stain. You don't want them stained. This is all of these things, little things people don't do. I go into houses where they actually have maids come in. And I will look at this stuff. I'm going, God, don't this woman know how to clean? There's corners in the bathroom that has crud built up in them. See, the bathroom, you get a lot of humidity in there. Even if you have a fan, an exhaust fan, you get a lot of humidity in there. You get a lot of dust in there. Dust plus humidity equals micro mud. And that's what you get. So be aware of that. Now, while you're in the bathroom, if there's any leaking in there, Make a note of it. I had to replace my whole bathroom floor because there was a small leak in the shower. And that was from the uh, previous owner. So, yeah, you got to pay attention to that. After you're done washing everything, dry it off with a, uh, a towel. Dry everything down in the bathroom. You want it to look nice. Now, this hard water will eat through chrome, so and it'll eat through linoleum. It'll eat through things. So keep everything clean and dry as best you can. By the way, if your toothbrushes are um, visible in the bathroom, realize that they are now soaked with feces. Because every time you flush the toilet, this stuff goes up into the air. Why do you think you can smell things in the bathroom? It's because it's in the air. Microscopic particles are in the air. So anything you use, the brushes you use, the combs you use, the toothbrushes you use, uh, it's just as bad, if not worse, as putting it in the toilet and using the toilet. So, about once a week, take a little cup, fill it with hydrogen peroxide, turn your toothbrushes over and put them in there. Watch them bubble. And if they bubble, that means bacteria is on them. So, clean your toothbrushes. Try and do it weekly. That's just a smart thing to do. Sweep the floor. Mop the floor, wash the floor. If you got to get down on your hands and knees, do it. It doesn't freaking matter. Get the thing clean. Any carpet you got in there, take them outside, shake them really good. Make sure that they're uh, uh, clean, no stains on them or anything. And then you vacuum the back, then you turn them over, vacuum the top, you know, keep them clean really well. Now we go into your bedroom. Obviously, you're going to have a hall area with a, a little cabinet where you put your, your clean towels and stuff. Clean that out, too. Just common sense, right? Go into bedroom. Dirty clothes basket. Must be emptied on a daily or, or uh, every other day. You can't leave them to, to build up in there. People don't grasp this. When I was a kid, my brother threw his dirty clothes in a pile in a corner. And he had ants. The ants would come in there because he was a slob when he ate. And his dirty clothes always were covered in ants. No kludge on the floors. You know what really pisses me off? I get up in the middle of the night. 
I'm not going to turn the light on and wake anyone up, so I'm going to feel my way out to the bathroom. And somebody left their dirty clothes in the middle of the room or their or their shoes they took off in the middle of the floor or even the cats laying in the middle of the floor, you know. And I step on it. So no clues, no stuff hanging around, no stuff laying around. Clean it up. You've heard much ado about bed bugs all through the United States now. Well, just so you know, bed bugs are what spreads smallpox. The smallpox bacteria lives in uh, the intestines of bed bugs. Bed bugs grow where people don't clean. You wash your sheets weekly and flip your mattress weekly. So when you get up in the morning, let's say it's Sunday, that's when you're going to wash all the stuff. All right, strip your bed. Turn the mattress over. Then so it can air out all day long. Do that weekly. Flip the mattress once, side to side. Next week, rotate it on there, and on the top. You don't flip it, okay? And then a week after that, flip it again. Next week, rotate it. That saves your mattress. That makes your mattress last, instead of 10 years, 20 years. And if you flip the mattress and let it air out, then you're not going to have bed bugs either. And it's a smart idea to air out the bedroom anyway at, at least once a week. Just open the windows. If it's cold outside, just open the window about five, six inches. Close the door to the bedroom and let it air out in there. Dust, wipe, polish, vacuum, everything that's necessary, even under the bed. I like to remove the, the mattress and the box springs and get into the framework down near the bed and directly under the bed. I don't have a normal bed. It, it, my bed takes four men to lift it, and it's, it's uh, about three feet off the ground. I mean, it's, it's a monster bed. Okay. It's also a good idea to check your drawers in uh, your, your nightstand, your, your uh, dresser. Check the drawers. Make sure they're functioning good. Check the handles. Make sure they're tight. If, something, if a handle, I don't care if it's on a kitchen cabinet, bath, bathroom cabinet, dresser, it doesn't matter. If that drawer, if the handle gets loose, then eventually it's going to strip out or break. So if you feel a loose handle that it's spinning, it's not supposed to, tighten it down. Be aware. Tighten it down. And if it's a wood handle and you can't tighten it down, keep stripping, unscrew it all the way, take a wooden stick match, stick the wood part in there, break it off. And then tighten it back up. That gives it a little bit of thickness of wood in there and it works. That's just Trust me, it works. So, all of this, again, is common sense. And I'm not going to tell you everything. Like, I'm, I'm not going to remember to tell you to uh, open your curtain in your bedroom and wash down the windowsill because of the, the accumulated uh, condensation that happens in all, all bedrooms. Okay? These are the things you've got to figure out yourself. Now, your pets... Pets are, your pets are part of the uh, of your household also, uh, except you don't need to wash them with pine salt. You know, it's a good idea to clean the pets. During the winter months, they can't get outside to use the air and the ozone to, to uh, clean their, themselves. So I take a quart of our shampoo here, our Calben shampoo, and I add an ounce of tea tree oil to it. And that's my animal wash. 
It kills fleas and ticks, and it smells good too. And it can it, tea tree oil can also be sprayed. You can mix it up and you can spray it on the floors, and it keeps the 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 uh, uh, tick the fleas down in the floors. You can use that mixture to wash the, the animals' uh, toys. Now, your the eating bowls for your critters. Take a piece of carpet and put it down, and put the bowls on that. Okay, and then clean that area. Carpet is good because it hides dust, it hides dirt, it it grabs it. But that means you have that one extra thing that needs to be cleaned. Pick up your animal's feces daily. Don't let it go. That's just, you know, when I was a kid... My dad would say, yeah, don't, you know, when you mow the, the yard every Sunday, pick up all the dog crap. And my mom came behind him and said, no, you pick it up every day. Because that stuff starts growing. With maggots start growing in it. And disease starts growing in it. And some dogs and, and cats, they eat it. It's disgusting, but it's real. So keep it clean. You got a litter box? Clean it out daily. Pay attention. People get immune to the smell of a litter box. I, I've been in million-dollar homes when it smelled like some cat just took a dump. And, and they don't even see it. They don't even smell it. So just as a habit, clean the litter box out daily. And don't just, oh, look, there's a turd. I better pick it up, shake it off, and put it in a container. No. You, you use your kitty scraper, your kitty little scoop, and you scrape the edges. You scrape the bottom. You bring it up. You scrape. Stir up the kitty litter. Stir it around. Clean it out. And while you're doing that, I don't care if you have a cat, a dog, a horse, a goat, or whatever. Look at the feces. See if there's any worms or parasites moving in them. And if you have a dog run or an area where the cats like to sleep, hose it off once in a while. Clean the place up. Now, there's a couple other things that you need to make sure you do. All doorknobs and light switches need to to be wiped off, need to be washed off, as well as the whole door itself, of course. But doorknobs, people have lived in the house for 20 years and never wiped them off once. Take the mixture that I told you about. Real simple, gallon of water, half a cup of pine salt, and one cup white vinegar. Wipe down the doorknobs and wipe down the light switches. Now, if that's not strong enough to clean it, then get yourself some spray cleaner and clean it. But all the light switches need to be cleaned and all the doorknobs need to be cleaned. And every place you put your hands to push a door open or close a door needs to be cleaned. And the doors need to be cleaned well and then re-coated with uh, Murphy's oil or wh- whatever you, you, you want to do. I'm, I'm got, I've got the hell of a job to do in my house because my doors are dark mahogany and I had somebody paint the house inside, so there's uh, splashes of white paint everywhere, so I'm going to have to clean all that up. All right, so I've given you some ideas here. This is nothing perfect, nothing, nothing. This is not all-encompassing, but this is an idea. The idea is spring cleaning. You need to do the, the hard thing at least once a year if for no other reason than to raise your own and your family's morale, because it does. All right, enough for now. This is the Armchair Survivalist signing off. Keep your nose in the air and your ear to the ground. And uh, welcome to spring. See you next time.